welcome to another episode of Stern Chats. We are proud to present this as episode one of our second season. Today, we've got a special episode featuring a Stern student with a pretty unique second job. When working on an MBA, students all across the country may moonlight doing second jobs, maybe bartending or grinded out at a startup, but this second career stands out among the rest. Sherry, my intrepid co-host, can tell you all about it. Today, we're bringing you front row center in an interview with second year Stern student Gideon Banner, a member of the Blue Man Group. Once a week, he sheds his MBA title, paints himself blue, and entertains sold out crowds at the Astor Place venue. Gideon has been performing with the Blue Man Group since the beginning, taping commercials, performing stunts, and always making rhythmic music. Gideon takes no half measures. He jumps in full time in every aspect of his life. It's amazing that he finds time to be a family man, a full-time student, and a full-time actor. And nothing showcases the diversity of the Stern community better than Gideon. He walks from class onto a stage in front of hundreds of people. I don't know how he finds the energy after class. I usually just get a coffee or a snack, or a nap. Or another snack. Hey man, two snacks are better than one snack. Yeah, who doesn't like snacks? I have to say, it's pretty incredible. Gideon Banner, the blue man, is breaking the mold from the typical MBA student. Just another face in the crowd at NYU Stern. Well, I'm excited to hear from him. Should we start the show? Definitely. It's so great to be back. It's so great. All right, well, should we cue the music? Cue that music. This is Stern Chats, the podcast that tells the hidden stories between the lines of someone's resume. In the interest of serving the Stern community, building relationships, and unlocking important life lessons, we present these stories to a wider audience. Here with today's program are your hosts, Frank Fericchio and Sherry Holt. Sherry, we are so excited to have our guest today, Gideon Banner. Gideon, we know you because you're our classmate, but for a podcast slash radio audience that doesn't know you, mm-hmm. can you give us like a 20-second intro for yourself? Yeah, I'll do that, but I just, first I want to say, I thought I was going to be on Mark Maron. Is this, what, no. this is not Mark Maron. No. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, we should have made that clear in the email. Oh, well, all right. Okay. I'll have to talk to my agent about that. But um, sure, while we're here, I'll give an intro. I'm Gideon Banner, and uh, probably how people know me is that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a blue man. I have been a blue man um, for a long time. I've been an actor for, uh, boy, 18 years now since I was in college, and uh, I, I've been mostly in Blue Man Group. I've done some other theater and on-camera stuff, but but mostly Blue Man, and, uh, and I'm making a transition, pretty serious transition. Um, I mean, I always say it's like I'm making a 180 turn. I never know if it's 180 or 360. I've no, I haven't yeah, got 360 would be back where you started. It would be back where I started, yeah. So hopefully it's like one, 180. 180. And maybe I don't overshoot. It's like 200. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a full, full bore, you know, doing, going from one thing to the other. You're making a pivot. Yeah. The irony, too, is that, you know, well, uh, you know, as I, I would say, I'm, I'm still doing Blue Man Group while I'm here, and it's literally three blocks away. So, like, the two worlds are, are just smack up against each other. All told, I'm, I'm pretty busy. Uh, I <laughs> feel it a little bedraggled by the end of this first year. I'm ready. Well, you don't look it at all. You don't look oh, it at good. all. You look yeah. fresh and great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, literally going to leave here and take a long, long nap. I, I like that you call it the radio audience. The, yeah, it the, sounds better, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> when people come to NYU Stern and you do the, like, obligatory, like, oh, like, what did you do before you get here? Often, you know, people have worked in finance or 
insurance or you just you expect to hear certain things. Never would I have expected to hear Blue Man Group. Absolutely not. I, I think it's worth a story. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your background? How'd you get into it? And sure. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, I I went to college to be an actor, more or less, and I I majored in it, and then I moved I moved to New York to be an actor in the big city to you know hit the hit the bright lights. Sure. You come to Rome, right? This is Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I mean, little did I know how hard it is for actors. I mean, had I not gotten into Blue Man, I would have lasted about a year and gotten spit out. It's a, it's a hard, hard life in New York to be an actor. But I, I did get lucky. I was the right height. I was a drummer, enough of a drummer to do it. Uh, and I happened to go to an audition. And right out of college, I, I got in and I started training for it and trained for about two months, I want to say. Still not really sure how. Well, you probably were. You probably nailed that audition, Gideon. I'd I'd like to think so. I mean, I would felt like a babe in the woods. I mean, I, I don't know. I was twenty one. You know, when you're twenty one and just like and you're adorable. <laughs> and the world is so bright and shiny. I don't I don't know about adorable. I, if I showed you a picture of me, I don't know if adorable sort of <laughs> fashion not fashion conscious might be uh, the way to describe it. What year was that? So that was how, how many years ago? Um, it was nineteen ninety nine. So you were wearing cargo shorts with the with the pockets. Way mm-hmm. to age him, Frank. Yeah. No, we're gonna get it. That was a matter. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm just when I say that I'm just aware that uh perhaps some of the uh listeners at school uh, you know they were uh maybe just just getting out of middle school at the time. It's uh, I was 9. Um, you were yeah, you're 9 years old. And I was still in middle school. Not even in middle school. Oh my god. You guys are you guys are so young. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah, if we had if we had if this was a a video tape right now, we would do a split screen of Gideon painting himself blue and you going to middle school. <laughs> Just the juxtaposition. Maybe that'll be our Instagram for this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so you, you probably nailed your audition, but what is training for the Blue Man group? That's something I'm curious about. Yeah, well, uh, it involves learning the music. There's quite a bit of music in the show. And for those, I guess I should go back. For those who haven't seen it, it, it you may have an idea. You might have seen bits of it on TV or on the Internet. But the show itself is, is hard to describe because it's sort of an immersive experience. The, the best way to describe it is a combination of a rock concert, uh, performance art, and sort of a circus. And there's three blue men on stage who are bald and blue who don't speak, and they interact with the audience quite a bit. They also interact with each other. And, um, but so, yeah, to so go back, there was, there's quite a bit of music in the show. So it's learning the music. It's uh, learning the character. The character is a very, very specific sort of being. I mean, we, we sort of usually refer to him as a, a clown, and not a clown in the sense of, you know, like balloons and a button nose and all that kind of jazz, but a clown in the sort of pretentious theater sense of the word, <laughs> um, uh, like a, a, a sort of type of character that's not not human, has has really, um, you know, qualities, other qualities. It's like um, a deconstructed clown or a postmodernist clown. Well, yeah, and originally when they started the show, they, I think they were calling it postmodern, yeah, postmodern clowning or something like that. That is not a good name. No, <laughs> for yeah. the show. No, Blue Man no. Group is better. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, you know, back in the day when it started, it was it was performance art. It was edgy and, you know, came from the East Village and was a new thing. So to call it postmodern back then drew in a certain kind of audience, you know, that was like, ooh, you know, I want to see right, something edgy. Right, right, right. If you called it that nowadays, you know, most of our audience would, would 
not you know doesn't doesn't attract the general audience these days. Yeah, you wouldn't even get the hipster crowd. Uh, yeah, no, probably not. No. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I auditioned and I trained and they sent me to Boston for a couple of years. I lived in Boston and then I, I I quit. I moved back to New York to again be a be an actor and I, I did some other theater here and there in the city and, and outside. But mostly I, I kind of kept coming back to Blue Man in part because it's just a darn good job. You know, it's uh, as an actor, you rarely get to do something for that long a period. I mean, maybe someone on a sitcom, you know, or, or, or you know, a, a serial TV show is on for a bunch of seasons. But as a stage actor, usually it's, you know, you're on, <clears throat> it's like maybe a three month run. Or if you're on, you know, lucky on Broadway, maybe it's a, a year or something or on tour. Is it fair to say that you, you loved this role because it was exciting and fulfilling? Yeah. Yeah, in broad strokes. I mean, uh, part of it, it's it's fun for a lot of reasons. I mean, uh, the base reason is that you're up on stage, I'm up on stage, and I'm, I get to make a mess. I mean, there's a lot of mess that happens, and I get to drum on on drums filled with paint, and it's kind of like being a little boy in in a lot of ways. There's you're, like this inner child inside you that wants to make this big old blue man. Oh blue yeah, mess. oh yeah. Sure. I mean, everybody everybody wants to do that, and we don't get enough opportunities to do it. I mean, I have two kids, and they make a mess, <laughs> and of course, I got to be the dude who's like, you know, don't don't throw that. Paint paint you know, on, <laughs> on the cat. That's not gonna. That's not a good idea. Sherry, do you see the inherent irony in like telling his kids not to throw paint? Well, you can just tell them when you grow up, you can throw paint. And <laughs> until then... You can make a, a living at it. Please yeah. be be tidy. <laughs> Those, that, that's the um, the gift you get when you, when you grow up. Yeah, people but, will pay you good money to come see you throw paint. Exactly. <laughs> so how many blue men are there, actually, in the entire troupe? Well, as of now, now, as uh, there's probably about 70 worldwide. There's there's Blue Man shows in I think seven cities, and there's a tour and a world tour. So there might be about that number. There've been a lot more over the years. People who've you know done it for a while and then gone. That's also one of the great things about the job is I get to perform with all, all kinds of different people. It's not like doing a show where you are on stage with more or less the same people night after night, or maybe you know maybe an understudy comes in or something. I will. I'm going into work tonight, and I honestly I don't know who the other two blue men will be, and that's kind of what makes it fun. Is like I I don't know. So you meet you mean them that, in wait, the studio before. To, by tonight, you mean in general, not like actually tonight. No, literally, literally tonight. Tonight you are going to perform with the blue man group. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm doing it as during while I'm in school. I'm I'm doing it somewhat unfortunately. Yeah. That's amazing. So if you are at NYU Stern and you just walk up the street to Astor Place mm-hmm. and you go see Blue Man Group, you can high five Gideon. <laughs> do you ever do you ever come to class with some like blue paint behind your ear? Yeah. You know, from the night before? Um yeah, but it's not like you it's not like arrested development, right? Where you know, it's a little I, yeah. blue. It's not that kind of blue. Unfortunately, it's kind of <laughs> I, I I didn't want to bring it up. No, but. yeah, I mean, it comes up. Um, <laughs> Tobias Funke. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's you know, it, it, unfortunately the gl- the blue it's like it's actually mixed in with the glue that we use to glue down our bald caps, so it looks kind of like grungy, dark, something I left on my neck accidentally. It's not like oh cute, there's some blue. It's you know, Tee-hee. yeah. No, it's usually people are like oh what's what's that on your neck, so. You know. And how many hours does it take you to scrub that off your body every? Uh, it takes about twenty minutes. Twenty minutes oh, or so, okay. yeah. But some of it inevitably you miss, usually on the back of your neck or under the ear or something. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! You know, a lot of people have part-time jobs here. Some people are even doing in- unpaid internships while they're at school. Instead, you are performing for hundreds of people, and I assume bringing down the house. Uh, sometimes, yeah. That's a great part-time job. Yeah. So what made you decide to continue with the Blue Man Group while you are studying at NYU Stern? Um, 
money. <laughs> I, what a great motivation. Yeah, I mean, Anything more subtle than the money argument? Cash. It wasn't joy? Uh, I mean, I, listen, I still, I love doing it. There's no question. Like, I, I, it's, it will be probably the best job I will ever have had. No question. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go to school and work at the same time, and I have two kids, so it's it's a lot on my plate. I would prefer not to be doing it, but uh, there's two things about it. One is that I do have a family, and I need to bring home the bacon. My wife works, but, you know, we got to supplement. Um, and the other is, you know, I haven't really said this before, but there's a sort of, it's not an opportunity cost, like an opportunity factor. Like, if I can do a job that's right around the corner, that fits in with my school schedule, that's not, that's part-time, you know, I might as well do it while I can, even if it exhausts me, and, you know. Yeah, it must be exhausting, because from what I know of the Blue Man Group show, I mean, you're moving. Like, you're burning some calories. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am. I mean, it's sort of like doing the same workout over and over. You get used, your body gets used to it. And, and in a funny way, like, I'll go in, and sometimes it's, it's exhausting, but sometimes it'll lubricate me. Um, just I'll walk out feeling a little more refreshed. And a nice thing is coming from school, having sat around in class all day with no windows and sat, you know, your computer screen, staring at the screen all day. I go in there and I get to be physical. I, I get to sort of, you know, run around and get my blood flowing. And so in a way, it's nice to go in. And so, yeah, it's it's exhausting in some with school, but in the moment, it's it's not so bad. Can you run us through a general outline of the show? I don't want to give it away. Ah. Fair enough. How about this question? How about this question? Over the years, you've probably done a bunch of stunts. Because, you know, there's a lot of very involved things. Do you, do you have any stunts with the Blue Man Group that are particularly interesting that you want to share? Um, not on stage. I mean, on stage, it's, you know, the you know, I don't know, stunts or skills are, are the same. I mean, again, again, if you come see the show, you can see all those wonderful stunts. No, but, I mean, I've done some, like, outside work with Blue Man with commercials. We actually did a series of commercials in Brazil um, for a cell phone company. The best part of it was we were on a uh, uh, the, the top of a mountain, basically, this flat rock surface that sloped down into a severe drop-off. They needed one of us to drive a monster truck as a blue man, as though we were pulling a giant sheet with the monster truck. So I was, uh, I got to be the driver of the monster truck, and uh, I was psyched about this. I was like, oh, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm great. That's the I coolest. Wait. It's the coolest. But driving a monster truck is not easy. Uh, it's got a terrible clutch. I They wanted me to peel out going uphill on this rock mountain um, while I was leaning halfway out the window looking at the camera. Um, oh, my God. Do you have any experience driving stunts? No. No. I mean, I, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, they had to, they had to lug this monster truck all the way up the mountainside. I don't know why they they must have thought it was not a good idea. And it, what I mean, I ended up uh, I ended up breaking the monster truck. I, uh, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, not into pieces. That would have been amazing. But no, the I guess the the, the clutch, the whatever. I don't know cars, but it just went kaput. And they were like, nope, it's not gonna it's not gonna drive anymore. That so sounds dangerous. It was very it was very dangerous. We didn't get the shot. I felt very ashamed. But at the end of the day, when you're asking someone to to do all that at once, it's pretty pretty hard. So, yeah, that's, the, that's best, the, yeah. the best and the worst stunt, if you will, I've ever been that a part of. That is definitely a claim to fame that you broke a monster truck. Yeah. How many people can say that? That should be your third thing. When when someone tells you to get up and say, who are you, where are you from, and something interesting oh, about yeah. you, just be like, I uh, broke a monster truck in Brazil. Sure, yeah. When I when and if I recruit for banking, I'll just be like, you know, hi, I'm Gideon, I broke a monster truck. And, yeah, and that's right. And then, and then yeah, And you whoever go. you're talking to, just like eat the hors d'oeuvre off their plate. 
yeah. <laughs> and then walk away. It's <laughs> the ultimate mic drop. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe the reason they had you drive the monster truck, Sherry, this is what I'm thinking, is that when you see the Blue Man group, you kind of, like, disassociate the idea that these are, you know, people. You do think of them like clowns, almost like omniscient. You know, they, the show is so airtight, nothing can go wrong. Maybe the crew that was taping the commercial thought the same thing. They got caught up in the fact that, like, oh, the, the blue men can do anything. They're, like, superhuman. Yeah, that was a wrong assumption to have made. <laughs> We're just humans yeah. in makeup. You're very limited. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, the character is, and this wasn't giving anything away about the show, but the character is uh, is pretty cool. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go on a little digression. A lot of people compare it to Stomp, and Stomp's a great show, but... Uh, Stomp is another rhythmic drumming yeah, yeah, Broadway about, show, right? Yeah, and it's, it's also around the corner from school. But, I mean, Blue Man, there's, the character is very distinct. The character is a... Um, they, they say he's, like, got six different archetypes, and this is highfalutin again, but that he's uh, he's a trickster, right, the sort of clown element, that he's a scientist, sort of conducting an experiment trying to figure out how things work, how humans work, how society works, that he's a team member, uh, also a, a warrior, and a shaman, and that, that last one, or a shaman, if you will, I, I never know how to pronounce it, but that last one's kind of important. He's sort of come to perform a ritual, the blue men have come to perform a ritual with the audience to make an ecstatic experience. That's so well described, I think. Yeah. I yeah. Wish, I wish I could say I thought all that up. And, <laughs> and that, I was and, taught that. Ah. Yeah. Well, that's better than Stomp, Sherry, because if you go to Stomp, they're really just banging on trash cans. Well, so through these archetypes, what are you trying to elicit from the audience? Um, more ticket sales. Uh, <laughs> word of mouth. No, I, uh, basically an ecstatic experience. Like, and in both senses of that senses of that word, like something really fun, where you walk away like that was that was awesome and fun. But also, ideally, you feel slightly changed in a way you don't know how. I mean, really, really good theater generally does that, or, or you know, good live art does that. There's something about it is kind of intangible and in the moment where, you know, you can maybe say what the thing was about, but that's not really what it was about. It was about the presence of the being in the moment in the presence of that experience. That doesn't always happen in Blue Man or in any play. It's it's hard to get to that sort of perfect I know perfect isn't a, you can't get to a perfection, but it's hard to get to a an ecstatic experience. And I would say, you know, Maybe one once a week, it feels something feels special and electric in the air, and it depends on a. It's a it's a real combination of the audience's energy and the energy of the performers and all kinds of factors that sometimes are outside of your control. And you can really fe- you really feel it. Yeah, I mean when you when you know that an audience when when I know that an audience is sitting there listening. It's a pretty incredible experience. You know that you're both in the room together, because a lot of times, you know, just day to day, we're in the room, but we're sort of not in the room, a little part of us. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, especially when you have a full schedule, you've got classes, that th- you've oh, got yeah. all kinds of things. You know, you, you think about your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're all running around school and thinking about the next thing we have to get to. None of us are sitting in class. Well, I mean, some people may be, but I, I'm certainly not sitting there in class breathing and taking it in. Being wholly present, Sherry. Yeah, yeah. So, Except for Sherry. I, I, I feel oh, like yeah. Sherry's probably wholly present her entire She's day. actually sitting in lotus position right now. Yeah. <laughs> She's so poised. She's such a poised individual. I, I do sit in the front row in all my classes. You do? Oh, in lotus. Full <laughs> <laughs> lotus. Yes, exactly. Yeah. With my eyes closed. <laughs> It's intimidating no, 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 no. for all the professors. <laughs> Silver didn't know what to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, so it sounds like you have three very distinct aspects of your life. You have your schoolwork, you have your school, you have the Blue Man Group, and then you have your two beautiful kids, your daughter and your son. So how do you make that transition every day or throughout the week through those different characters? With the aid of coffee? (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just... I mean, I, I have to. <laughs> I, suppose, I mean, when you're thrust into a different role, you got to do it. What a great motivation. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, what helps to some extent is that they're all very different. I, I, I Literally, when I walk, for example, when I walk from school to work, as I will do later today, it's... Uh, it, it's there's a sort of dividing line where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go do this. It's no problem. <laughs> do you feel like it fulfills different parts of you? And I do, I do. That's yes. Uh, you know, being a blue man fulfills. Uh, I mean, being physical and being present and being able to improvise and be in the moment and and make a mess. All those things. Um, whereas being at school, I get to you know use my brain. It's part of why I went back to school. I just I love my job, but it's there's nothing really intellectual or you know. It's about primal, it. yeah, more than it is intellectual. Yeah, I mean you got to be smart to learn to do it. But yeah, it's not. I'm not. I'm not. It's not a challenge. It's not an ongoing challenge. It's a challenge to be in the moment, but it's not a challenge day to day. Being with my kids is, uh, you know, that's. It, that's tough to transition into a lot of the time. Is I come home and I, you know, I know I've got homework to do. I've got to put them to sleep and then sit down and study, and that's that's tough. You know, and kids kids are unpredictable in a way that school or work is not. You know, you got to be you got to be even more present almost, and be able to breathe more. I mean, when I come home from a long day at school and I know that I have study later and it, it, they're just making a mess and you know my daughter's crying because she can't have a Twizzler and until after dinner. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. Twizzler's a good thing to cry over. I want a Twizzler, yeah. and I want it now. Well, I, well, no, you can't have it. <laughs> oh, is that your dad voice? He's laughing, it's but he's very, crying. Inside. Yeah, that's very stern. All right, I'm going I'm to lob you up a, so, a softball here. I'm going to lob you up a softball. You've been such a successful actor. Do you think that your finest role is the role of dad? <laughs> I just all I can say is yes, yes, yes. This is short. What if he had said no? What if he had said no? We would have pivoted, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) We would have pivoted. Okay, so back to the Blue Man Group. It's such a buttoned-up show. I mean, it's it's airtight. You know, everything is is just so. In all these years of doing the Blue Man Group, have there ever been mishaps where like the show must go on and you have to overcome some kind of challenge? Yeah, uh, those are. We look forward to those, honestly. I mean, the show, the show, like you say, is buttoned up in a way. It, it sort of it, it, it runs well, but there's a lot of improv in it. So if anything does happen, we respond to it. That's great. You know, if an audience member sneezes, we'll stop what we're doing potentially, depending on what we're doing. If we can't stop, we'll stop and pay attention to it and make something of it. So yeah, and that's what makes it good. We look for things that happen. You know, poorly. The other night, uh, a part of the video didn't work, and so we had to sort of improvise. And the band, also, I should say, there's a three-member band. They had to improvise with us, and it was a little tense for us for a moment. We didn't know how we were going to get out of this. All the technical elements working together, but once we did, it was it just brought an electricity to us that was the, that per- permeated the rest of the show. The audience probably didn't know, but for us, it really um, kept us alive. But to more specifically answer, yeah, the the, the thing. I always think of is one time in Boston, we had done this piece that involved getting a little bit of mess on the audience, 
And then we, we transitioned from that piece to go play a piece of music. And it's very quiet in the house. And all of a sudden, um, from the side of her, you get up here, you blue man, you, you blue man face, you stupid blue man. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly what was said, but it was someone who was very drunk. Um, you know, this being Boston, not necessarily a surprise. Um, <laughs> sorry, you Boston, sorry, you Bostonians out there. No, but audiences in Boston like to like to come to they the imbibe. show. They imbibe. They imbibe. Uh, yes, both responsibly they, they they, and irresponsibly yes. at times. Yeah, 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 often, often on a Friday night. They yes. There's also a bar in the theater. So what are you going to do? You're anyway, asking for it. This, so this guy had gotten kind of messy, and he was he was drunk, and he was very very upset. And in the middle of this quiet theater, he just started he started yelling, and then he walked out. And by the time he walked out, the whole audience was happy to have him go. They applauded. And it really, it was a moment of the whole audience in Blue Man coming together. The audience, you know, was on our side. We were on their side. We wanted it to keep going. So It's hard to deal with a heckler when you can't actually speak. We, no, we, I mean, we can respond physically. It's a little trickier. It is a little trickier. But, we, you know, there's ways to do it. You know, we also have house staff who can come pull them out. Right, yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting about that situation, though, is because you told us before that you perform with different blue men every night. So it's not as if you can sort of get into a rhythm with similar actors and sort of improvise together. I mean, do you, you must have to respond to their energy and their nonverbal signals in order to make the show work. Yeah, I mean, I will say most of the people I perform with, I've performed with for a long time here. But but that's a good point. I mean, I, you have to be super aware of what the other actor is doing. That's another part of the Blue Man character, honestly. They talk about us as being three as one. And being super sensitive to your fellow actors is... is is one of the challenges. Really knowing sort of on a proprioceptive level, like what, what the other blue man is doing next to you without looking at him. Um, right. So. Okay, so I, um, you're a pretty good drummer. Would you say that? Is that fair to say? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably better than me and Sherry. I don't know. Sherry, can you drum? Uh, let's have a drum off. Sherry. I can Sherry, get drum out of on and... my desk table yeah, while that's... I'm doing my fan- finance homework. That's Yeah, that's something. <laughs> drum my fingers. But I saw a YouTube video of you, uh, of a bunch of blue men making music out of the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, I was in that. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that was uh, one, one of the directors actually went and recorded sounds of the Brooklyn Bridge. He took a bunch of mallets and sticks and, and hit parts of the Brooklyn Bridge and recorded it and then made it into a song, uh, a sort of Blue Man Styles or tribal song. Then we went and we shot on the Brooklyn Bridge sort of, you know, playing to that song. Um, it's, worth, it's worth a look. It's, it's cool. Maybe we should, uh, in this... In this moment, we should put a little clip of that song. What do you think, Sherry? Let's do it. Sure. is amazing, though, because it's a bunch of blue men standing on the Brooklyn Bridge. And, li- yeah, literally with, like, tools, they just start making noises. And then before you know it, it's just an absolute song. I feel like it's a typical blue man move, like t- taking everyday normal things and making them come alive. Yeah. And, you know, I, because I do that on stage, it can sometimes be a little hard in class. Like if, I don't want to say I have impulse control, but I will, I, I'm used to acting on impulses at work, both on stage and off. I mean, in the dressing room... It's it's loosey goosey, you know. You have an impulse or something that you can really run with it. It's not a normal workplace, which is going to be a problem once I'm in a normal workplace and I have to, 
behave. But yeah, so sometimes I'm in class and I really I have a little trouble holding it in. If you ever see me smirking a little bit in class, it's because I'm holding back on something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like your performance with the Blue Man Group inside inside the theater and outside is sort of a metaphor for how to look at the world and seeing the art where perhaps others don't. And I wonder what other lessons have you learned from the Blue Man Group that you apply to your life outside of it? I mean, like I said, I've learned that it's really kind of important to make a mess of things. Honestly, coming to school has reminded me of the value of what I do there, that that kind of, not only just seeing art and theater in a life sense, but also being playful and improvising and experimenting is really important. And it's it's hard to do that in class or in the world of business. You have tasks, you have responsibilities and duties. And I keep having, about once a week, I have a, a moment of fear where I realize, oh, the workplace that I will be in once I graduate will be very different. You know, I won't be able to do those things at work. But I mean, I, I hope to, you know, be able to bring a little bit of it in. I hope I mean, I'm not planning to throw paint everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave that to the kids. Yeah, good to know. I bet when you go to a a job interview that when they see Blue Man Group on the resume, actually it's, it's probably listed as present. You know, because you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. The, the interviewer must have so many questions. Yeah, it's a good foot in the door. Um, I, I can't lie. Yeah, they, they they generally have a lot of questions, which are then followed by the question, so what transferable job skills <laughs> <laughs> do you have? <laughs> and, I, you know, uh, to which I will I will make up an answer. I mean, I will, I will <laughs> use the answer that I prepared uh, yes. for that. Yes, soft skills. So, yeah, soft, sure, soft skills. I mean, between you, me, and the tree, and all of your listeners, uh, <laughs> there aren't any. I mean, they're really, you know, that's the joke yeah. at Blue Man is that we all are, you know, a lot of us have been doing it for ages, and we're like, what are we going to do after this? There's no transferable job skills. I mean, I can catch marshmallows in my mouth, but that doesn't mean I can, you know, spreadsheet, I can do financial modeling or, you know. I think improvisation, sales, presentation, Absolutely. charisma. I mean, th- I mean, that is the foundation of any business well um, said, Sherry. skill or well businessman or woman. And let me say this. Oh, I actually you just schooled me, Sherry. Okay. <laughs> all right. Make that your I new answer. Say, yeah, seriously. I can record that. <laughs> She's a, hey, I work with her all the time. What an assertive lady. So I actually had a class with you, and I didn't know you were in the Blue Man Group at that point. And I do remember from you giving presentations, I said, oh, this fellow is really good at giving presentations, like particularly good. Of all the people yeah. that were giving presentations, I thought, oh, he seems very poised. Because, you know, we're all trying to be good at presentations because mm-hmm. we're being our business selves. Yeah. And so I think maybe it, it might rub off more than you know because you stood out among people with, you know, non-Blue Man backgrounds <laughs> as, uh, you know, people that have, like, kind of finance backgrounds. Well, or- Frank, Frank, that was probably because I was wearing that powdered wig and the high heels and, yeah. and the tiara. <laughs> Remember? I mean, that, that'll make, you forgot that. That'll yeah. make everyone stand out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess this is the perfect time to transition into what you would like to do. You know, what brought you back to Stern? What are you studying and what are your aspirations after school? Um, I have always had an interest in sustainability uh, and the environment and ever since I was a kid and I've sort of nurtured that all along. I started the Blue Man Group's environmental committee and I started, I, I ran a nonprofit for a couple of years devoted to the intersection of theaters and sustainability. And so my hope is to broadly go into uh, into energy, into the energy side of sustainability, you know, the, the, the grid of the future, renewables, uh, storage, energy efficiency, all that jazz, probably in a strategy role. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And what types of resources have you found at Stern that have aided in that growth? 
Gosh, the Energy Club and networking. The, I mean, you know, the Stern Network. They talk a big, big game about it, and it's right. Yeah, it's they can big. talk a big game because they've got uh, some true. power behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They talk a big game like Muhammad Ali would talk about boxing. Like he knew he could, he knew he was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Float like a butterfly, network like a, <laughs> like a professional. Yeah. <laughs> right, so Gideon, can you can you tell us more about your kids? That's a big part of your life. Um, sure. Gosh, uh, Owen is five. Eleanor is two and a half. Uh, and they're I'm they're cute. I mean I I'm you know everybody says their kids are cute. My kids are cute, uh, pretty darn cute. They're a handful too. I mean they're they're they really are. Um, but my daughter is that prime age. She's two and a half, which uh, for anybody who spent time with a two and a half year old is just the it's like it's like a, a, a fudge Sunday of cuteness. Just everything she says and does is just so like adorable, and I know it's it's sort of downhill from here. Are the terrible <laughs> twos not a thing? Um, they no, they are. I mean, she could be terrible as well. Yeah, <laughs> actually, terrible twos. I guess I gather that three. It's terrible twos. It's like two and a half into three. So maybe the terrible is yet to come. Um, we'll but, check in with you in about six months. Yeah, we'll, yeah. See, <laughs> we'll see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is you know, if you see me walking down the hallway looking like I'm on death's doorstep, um. It's because I, you know, I've been in class and then I went to work and then I woke up with my kids the next morning and they were, you know, they were they were a hand. So uh, before we get into the wrapping up phase, is there something that you wanted to come in and talk about that we haven't covered? Uh, sure, I think probably uh, this is the time where I'd like to announce formally that I've been selected as the as the new dean of the NYU Stern School of Business. Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. It was an unexpected honor, but yes. uh, you know, I was approached by Dean Henry, and I, I reluctantly am agreeing. Uh, That's, reluctant leadership is the best leader. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I suppose. I don't know if I was supposed to make that public. It was either that or I was also offered the uh, post of uh, FBI director. Ah, I figured, I figured it's available. I figured it's a bad juncture to take that on. Mm, so. yes. Were you offered the position or your character as a blue man? offered the position. Uh, I, I, if, if the blue man were offered a position as dean of the school, things would not go well. So you're very different. You're very silent. Yeah, but it'd be fun. But omnipresent yeah, yeah. dean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Well, thanks for letting us know that. That's we're breaking news now. <laughs> new, new, new for our show. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously though. Anything else? Can I just add one thing? Yeah, of yeah. course. Actually, while we're here, um, uh, I just you know want to say that. Uh, Blue Man is right around the corner, and I'd really love it when people I know come to see it, or, or just you know people who are classmates who I don't really know. And I know it can be a little bit of a steep ticket for people who are deeply, deeply in debt uh, and trying to make New York rent. But yeah, you know, I, I really love it when people come. And like I say, it's two blocks away, and there, I can there are ways to get discount tickets. So all of you listeners out there, I, I would welcome your presence there. I promise not to mess with you. Uh, when you come to the show, either. Yeah, Gideon will high-five you. I, I, I have my fingers <laughs> crossed right now. If you come, I'm probably going to mess with you. That's right, listeners. If you want to see Gideon live on stage, you can go to Ticketmaster, StubHub, wherever you get your tickets, and buy tickets to the Blue Man Group, which is an Astor place, and you can see all of the Blue Men performing. One of them will be Gideon. I should say that I don't perform in every single show, so if you want to see me in it, you kind of have to check Nah, they won't know the difference, man. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, 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 right. Uh, Wait, wait. Um, it was great to hear about Blue Man Group. It's cool to hear about your family and how you balance it all. It's it's really impressive, and we cannot thank you enough for coming in to talk on the show today. Thanks for having me in. Thank you so much for being here. Was it fun? 
Is this fun as Blue Man? It's more fun, right? <laughs> yes, more fun. All right. Yeah. You heard it, guys. More fun than Blue Angry. <laughs> Just as fun. Just less messy. Yeah, not less messy. Yeah. More fun, less messy. That's that's our new motto. <laughs> All right. 